eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Prevent Defense, the podcast. What's going on, everybody? This is the Prevent Defense podcast brought to you by ZipRecruiter, a radio.com sports production. I am here. I am Elliot Shore Parks with the one, the only Brian Baldinger. Baldy, the season is over, which is definitely a bummer, but we have an amazing Super Bowl to talk about, one for the ages, amazing comeback by the Chiefs. Baldy, how's it going, man? Well, I mean, I'm still kind of buzzing from what we saw on Sunday. I mean, the entire show was fantastic. Um, You know, I thought there was great defense on both sides. I thought there was some, you know, clever play calling. I thought we saw some great individual plays, including the ones from the, um, the eventual MVP. And we saw a coach that many people think is a Hall of Fame coach that basically clinched it on Sunday with his performance and the way this team performed. So, you know, um, there's a lot to there's a lot to analyze about this because there were a lot of missed opportunities, I thought, especially on the 49er side. So um, but there's a lot to get into. But I, I, I thought it was just a great day of football. Yeah, so you were down in Miami uh, for a few days before, and then I-, I would assume for the game as well. What was the uh, what was the atmosphere like down there in Miami? I mean, there were obviously big expectations for both the both the game and the host city. I mean, Miami, obviously a very great, fun city, perfect for the Super Bowl in a lot of ways. Just what were your few days like down there? It was it was really good. I mean, it, yeah. First of all, you know, as an analyst, there was a lot to talk about. Um, you know, so we, there was and, and really. And we, we know what the final score was, but for the most part, I mean, it was pretty even for much of the game. And that's kind of how most people thought of it. It was kind of difficult to really separate the two teams. You can make case for both. But, you know, the whole week, the weather was really good. And uh, the activities, the festivities, uh, I was at a Sports Illustrated party on uh, Saturday night. I mean, it doesn't there get a whole go. lot better than that. And, you know, Jaws Cigar Party was the best setting for a party I've ever seen in a Super Bowl in my life. I thought I was in some Hollywood script. Um, you know, it was, it, it was, it was really good. Uh, you know, it, I know they move it around and sometimes they find a good spot and sometimes, you know, we, we can't wait to get out of there, but if they decide to just put it in Miami from here on out, I don't think anybody would complain about it. 
Yeah, I would actually be okay if they just picked one city and kept it there. Um, I, it is fun having it move around, I will say. And obviously, each host city does their own thing. But uh, yeah, I, um, I would be perfectly fine if they kept it in Miami. But let's get to the game itself. Um, not as high scoring, I guess, as many people thought, uh, considering these two offenses. But I still thought it was a really close and exciting game, especially at the end there with Patrick Mahomes. One thing I've seen you talk about on Twitter, and you mentioned you mentioned it at the jump here, Missed opportunities by the 49ers. So I guess my first question for you is uh, both live and then after rewatching it, did, did the Chiefs win this game or did the 49ers blow it? No, I, I would never take anything away from the Chiefs. I mean, I, yeah. I understand the question, Elliot, but I thought that the Chiefs won it, but I thought the 49ers, they really had some opportunities. I mean, at the end of the first half there, not to call the timeout uh, right. and let the clock run, and so that you get the ball with 59 seconds and three timeouts left at the 20, and you're pretty conservative until you you know you hit Jeffrey Wilson on a Texas route over the middle. Um, I thought you know in a game where you know what Patrick Mahomes has done, you know what he who he is, regardless of what his stats were at that point, you know what he's capable of doing. Down 24 nothing to Houston, down 17 seven to Tennessee. We've seen it. We've seen it too many times, and to think that. You can just play conservative football, be content with the 10-10 halftime you know, half, uh, you know, score. I thought they really missed an opportunity there. Uh, you could see John Lynch up in the booth, like, call the timeout. And I just thought, you know, give yourself as much time as possible. Work the sidelines. Um, you know, if you're a great play caller, you're going to figure out plays to get to the sideline, work the clock. The extra timeout that you save is not going to be that big of a deal. But really, you have to ask yourself, and it's a fair question. Does he trust his quarterback enough to be aggressive in that situation? Because it didn't look like he did. And Elliot, you watched the Eagles win a Super Bowl two years ago, yep. and you saw yep. how Doug Peterson called those playoff games. He couldn't have been more aggressive. I mean, they attacked the Vikings with 28 seconds ago in the half, and they got yeah. they got a score. I think and they did it. They did in the Super Bowl be, as well. They did it in the Super to, Bowl as well. Yeah. In the Super Bowl game, you have to put your foot on the gas. You can't think about protecting your quarterback or not giving it back. You have to stay aggressive. I mean, you've been an elite offense all year. Call those plays and execute them. I mean, that's how you got to 15-3. and three. I thought they missed a real – they had 10 possessions, but basically they had nine because they weren't aggressive on that one. And that – you know, to, you came up with 20 points, and 20 points just wasn't going to be enough. And that, to me, was the frustrating thing watching the 49ers because, look, me and you both coming into this game – Pro Jimmy G, we really, you know, are Jimmy G believers. And honestly, through three quarters, he was outplaying Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you know, they they were showing confidence in him outside of the the drive at the end of the first half. He was throwing the ball. I thought he was doing a pretty good job. And you mentioned Doug Peterson in the Super Bowl. And to me, that Super Bowl Eagles versus Patriots was like a blueprint for if you're a head coach, how you want to call a Super Bowl. Yeah. And it's just crazy because Kyle Shanahan is without question to me one of the best head coaches in the league, one of the best play callers. You said you said it perfectly. If you're an elite play caller and you have a minute to go, you find plays to get to the uh, to get to the sideline. You know, to you have George Kittle there. You don't have to run the ball. And although I do think that Doug Peterson had confidence in Nick Foles in that Super Bowl, I think that almost no matter who would have been a quarterback, Doug would have probably been aggressive. That's because that was the mentality he went into that game with, which was we're not going to be afraid of the Patriots because we the the Eagles that saw the week before the Jaguars got really conservative against the Patriots in that championship game and ended up costing them. It's just weird to see Kyle Shanahan with a quarterback 
that is better than Nick Foles, let's be honest. I mean, Nick Foles played a great game in the Super Bowl, but overall, Jimmy G is better better than Nick Foles, and he's gotten you there. You're 15-3. and three. For him to get so conservative, like, I'm just wondering, is this a Jimmy G thing or is this a Kyle Shanahan thing? Because we also saw, now he wasn't the head coach, but in that Atlanta Falcons loss to the, to the uh, Patriots in the Super Bowl a few years ago, he helped blow that lead as well with his play calling. Well, there is a clear play that was called with six minutes to go in the game, up 20 to 10. Yep, still up 10 hour. points. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's second and five. I mean, you know, Raheem Mostert gets you five yards. And second and five, and on the very next play, uh, you know he calls a, he calls a pass, and uh, in fact it was five twenty five exactly five twenty seven left, and the scores at that point twenty to seventeen, and he calls a pass and Kittle is open, but uh, Christian Chris Jones knocks the ball down, and then they're incomplete on third down. They punt. The series lasted, uh, you know, a total of forty eight seconds. They gave the ball back to Kansas City. And at that point, on second and five, after a really good first down run, you have to run it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like you can defend it any way he wants to run it. You know, and it's, it's a good play call. I mean, I, I see Kittle wide open. I see what the design of the play. But Chris Jones is being triple teamed. He doesn't get off the line of scrimmage. He puts his hands up and he bats the ball down and stops the clock, you know, and then you're incomplete on third down. But that they had two plays there to go gain five yards. I mean, yeah. If there's one team that you trusted to get five yards on two runs in this whole industry, it was the San Francisco 49ers. And to see them throw it in that spot, that's a critical spot. And you can, and I know that Kyle got up, you know, on Monday morning and his wife still loved him, his kids still hugged him and all that. And he'll he'll say that probably next year. But that's got to bug him. It just does. And it's just a bizarre, it's a bizarre call. I'm watching the game going, man, they can, are they going to run it out here with six minutes to go? Because they got the ball with 6.06 to go. I go, are they yeah. going to run a six-minute drill here and win this game 20-17? to 17? Because if there's one team that I thought could do it, it was the 49ers. And they, they, I thought they, I thought they really blew it right there. Does, does the game change your opinion of Kyle Shanahan though? Because again, coming into the game, I think me and you, might have listed him as, if not the best head coach in the league, one that you would pick at the very top to lead your team. But th- does this change your opinion of him? Because you're right, you know, he'll still be a great head coach next year, but he's, and I think they'll get back to a Super Bowl. And when they do, but like these things will haunt him. I mean, now he's coached in two and has been pretty terrible when it's mattered most in the book. In both of them, I think I saw a stat that he's been outscored something like 56 to nothing in the, when you combine the, uh, halfway through the third and the fourth of both Super Bowls he's coached in. So does this change your outlook on him as a head coach? No, but, you know, everybody's outlook on Andy Reid changed on Sunday because that was his, you know, it was all about time management issues and what he did in his Super Bowl and championship games, and it all changed. It's going to change. It changed with Bill Cowher. took 15 years to change for Bill. And he's in the Hall of Fame. I believe Kyle has to learn from this. Um, you know, and how to just, because I think the team responds very well to him, but you know, he's got to, in that situation right there, either they, they, he just has to know exactly what he's up against. And when you throw it, bad things can happen, including getting the ball batted down. Even if your receiver is wide open, it doesn't matter. You have to run it in that situation. I think I, it doesn't change my opinion, 
because their play action passing game on Sunday was elite. I mean, yeah. they just couldn't get anything at, much after the catch. Kansas City was excellent at tackling. Um, you know, they just didn't get explosive plays, but the plays were there to be made. They, the one drive they had for a touchdown there in the second quarter was about as good as it gets. You know, it was seven straight first downs. It was classic Kyle Shanahan. I mean, I can still draw plays up and play action passes. They got to get better at the drop back passing game. But I thought, but to answer your question, it doesn't change my opinion, but you have to learn from those things too, though. And if you don't learn from them and you make another critical mistake in the playoffs next year like that, then it will, you know, the, the avalanche will be on. Yeah, so before we move on to the Chiefs, I just wanted to uh, pick your brain real quick on, on Jimmy G. Um, obviously, a lot of people jumping off the Jimmy G bandwagon at this point. Um, I called him elite heading into the game. Maybe that was strong, but regardless, people have certainly been tweeting me saying, you know, maybe pump your brakes a little bit there. But I, I guess, like, my, my message to people about Jimmy G would be this. He did not play well in the fourth quarter of that Super Bowl. No denying it. He was still 15-3 and three and helped get his team to the Super Bowl in his first year as a starter. So I think when, when you look at him and his future, I'm still confident the 49ers can win a Super Bowl with him at quarterback. I don't really have much doubt about that, to be honest. They almost won one a few days ago, if not for just a very bad fourth quarter collapse. So how did you think he played when you rewatched it? And just has did it change your outlook um, about him at all? And like I'm sure there's a lot of people out there asking, can they win with him? Can they win a Super Bowl with him at quarterback? Well, he, he missed. There, there was a lot of missed opportunities. I mean, there was a lot yeah. of open receivers, and you know, it it's hard deep, to say the deep exactly. Pass, the deep well, pass that he missed late should. I mean, that was a huge miss right there. He missed that one, and he had he had really good protection on that pass. But even he had Kenrick Bourne open wide open over the middle. I mean, Kansas City blew the coverage completely, and he had you know it was a high low combination. So he's got Bourne underneath, and he's got Sanders over the top, and he overthrows Sanders. And look. When you start throwing balls, you know, 50 yards down the field, I mean, it's a low percentage throw. I don't care if he's open or not. It's still a low percentage throw. Yeah. But that being said, you know, he missed that shot. And those are the, you know, I, I said all week long, Elliot, that he's going to have to make five elite big-time throws. We saw Nick Foles make a dozen to yeah. win a Super Bowl. He had to because it was that kind of a shootout. But he, I thought he was going to have to make five elite throws. And I don't think he made five. I think he had the opportunity to make five. But he didn't make them. And that's how you win. I mean, your quarterback has got to be able to, you know, make highlight type throws. And he had opportunities. He missed a lot of opportunities. Um, I put a reel together yesterday. I wasn't trying to be critical of him because it wasn't just him. Um, you know, I thought that uh, the offense line, you know, failed him a couple times. It's hard if, you know, he's literally being lifted up off the air by Eric Armstead and drilled into the turf. Uh, it's hard to complete passes like that. But, and he had a couple batted down, and that's not always the quarterback's fault. Sometimes, you know, a defense lineman is just in the right path. But, but there was a, a good six or seven throws that could have gone to open receivers that I thought he missed, and it could have made a big difference in the game. So I thought there was some missed opportunities from Jimmy. But, you know, from a standpoint of leadership, confidence, um, how he sees the game, uh, just skill set, I mean, he's a very, very good player. Um, he's not the first guy to lose in his first trip to the Super Bowl, uh, especially, you know, when it's all on the line there in the fourth quarter like that, where you got to make a play or two to win it. But I do think he's going to have a chance to get back. I'm not down on him. I didn't put the reel together to rip him. I put the reel together just to show that, look, it's not always about play calling. It's about execution. And yeah. there was plays there to be executed. Um, 
call them anything you want, but there's plays there to be executed in open receivers. Uh, sometimes you you can find them, and sometimes you know you just miss them. So speaking of execution, uh, Patrick Mahomes for much of that game. You know, I've probably seen almost every game Patrick Mahomes has played. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever seen him like he was on Sunday for the majority of the game. He looked, I, I don't know if rattled's the right word, but he just didn't look like himself, uh, but obviously turned it on when he needed to. Um, what do you think of his play o- overall, especially there in the fourth quarter? I mean, that that pass he made to Tyree Kill on the third and, I think it was third and 15, or it was, it was definitely third down. Yeah, third and 15. Third and 15, yeah, where he hit him uh, late. I mean, sorry, deep. That was just an elite throw to me. The arm strength on that was pretty ridiculous. What do you think of his play? Well, he's played better. Uh, yeah. He's 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 played a lot better. Uh, but I thought San Francisco was also the best defense he's seen. So, I mean, they're really, really good. And, you know, they they do they, they do a lot. And I thought it was difficult for them at times. Now, they got the spark they needed. They really got the spark they needed on third and 15. It was the first really big explosive play. And it seemed like once he made that throw, then, you know, the 38-yarder to Sammy Watkins against the Blitz, against Sherman, you know, it's just an elite throw. I mean, it's yep. that he hits him right in stride. And, it, it's you know, sometimes these guys just got to find the rhythm. Now, it seemed like that throw on third and 15, like that's him. Like he doesn't. It's, it's like he doesn't have a conscience. You can tell it doesn't – things don't bother him. You know, I, I saw a stat here, Elliot, where he is um, – he's 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 28 and 8 as a starter for Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And in his eight defeats, they've all been by a touchdown or less, yeah. which tells me the guy is in every single game. And so if you're in every single game for two straight years in a row, you believe that you can win the game that you're never out of it, no matter what's happened, interceptions, sacks, uh, getting the ball knocked out of his hands. I mean, you know, Nick Boza comes and gets the ball out of his hands with just, you know, an elite play. And we've seen Cam Newton look at that ball in a Super Bowl game, you know. I mean, he beat right. D Ford to that ball. You know, the, the first touchdown of the game. I mean, you know, he's just out there in his backyard in Tyler, Texas, just stringing Jaquaski Tart along. Um on a fourth and one play, I mean, he takes the hit from Nick Boza. I mean, just a full shot from Nick Boza and flips it to Damian Williams. He scrambles down to the four-yard line, and he takes a shot from Jimmy Ward. I, I don't know if he – like, if he – I don't know how he felt after that shot, but it sure looked – it hurt me just watching it. <laughs> I mean, he, he's as tough as they come. The guy ran, Elliot, in the playoffs. I had it down. He ran six – not counting kneel downs. He ran 16 times for 158 yards and two touchdowns. Yep. I mean, we don't think of him as Lamar Jackson or some of these guys, but he, he averaged 10 yards a carry. And he had some important runs. So, But I thought he finished strong, you know, and to put the three drives together, basically two to take the lead. I mean, he, you know, when the game mattered the most, the defense kept him in it, he took over. And it almost doesn't matter what he did before that. So I, I don't think me and you would really debate much in terms of who's the best quarterback in the league at this point. Obviously, Russell Wilson is in the discussion. There's a lot of a lot of good quarterbacks right now. Patrick Mahomes, though, two years as a starter, Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl title, NFL MVP, could have had another title last year if not for a D4 jumping off sides, or at least he's in another Super Bowl. So clearly, I think right now, I mean, when he gets paid this offseason, he's going to get $40 million a year, and he's going to be worth every single penny. I mean, we saw that in the Super Bowl, but... What I wanted to ask you was, 
now that Andy Reid has him and Andy Reid has his Super Bowl, obviously, I think we would both agree Andy Reid is probably a Hall of Fame coach. I mean, I think I think he was prior to the game. I think now that he has a uh, a Super Bowl ring, he's definitely he's definitely in. Mm -hmm. But how many more can they win together? Because Andy Reid isn't young, but he also, I mean, he could probably coach five or six more years with Mahomes. Like, is there a chance that by the time Andy Reid retires, we're thinking of him as a Kansas City Chiefs head coach and not an Eagles head coach? Yeah, yeah, there is. I mean, yeah. there is a, a real possibility of that. Um, I think they can win a lot. I mean, obviously, it, it depends on the health. We saw Pat Mahomes go down this year. I guess it was fortunate that the, the injury that he suffered against Denver wasn't worse. He was able mm -hmm. to come back as quickly as he did. But, I mean, that's always, you know, as much as he takes off and runs and the hits that he takes – um, you always have to be a little cautious of that, but providing his health is, is pretty good. They can definitely win some more. I mean, because there's nothing he can't do. There's nothing he can't do on the field and the leadership that he provides. I mean, he makes everybody around him better, everybody, you know? Um, and so, uh, you know, they're, they're in really good hands. I mean, I was reading a lot about Brett Veach and what he saw from Mahomes going back to his like freshman year. And he was, um, you know, at Texas Tech and showing Andy Reid all these clips. And, you know, like he, there was just, you know, all you need is one guy. And he's convinced Andy that this was the guy. They made the move. I don't see yeah. I don't see this type of talent out there because it, it's a combination of elite talent plus this all-around athlete and this ultra-competitor that doesn't seem to care about anything else but competing. He doesn't care. I don't think he cares. I mean, I, I'm, he had a good time saying, let's go. I'm going to Disney World, whatever. But, <laughs> you know, other than that, like, I, I mean, I feel like I've known him since his freshman year. He hasn't changed. He's not going to change. Um, I saw where he's in a pizza restaurant the other night, in Can you know, in, in Kansas City before they left. And everybody yep. left him alone in Kansas City. He picked up the tab for everybody in the restaurant. Like, you know, that, he doesn't need to be told how to act or what to do. So you always know the kid's head is going to be on straight. That's never going to change. And when you have that, I think he's still an ascending player. I think he's still seeing defenses and coverages. And this is a great, a great learning experience, you know, in this Super Bowl against an elite defense on the biggest stage of how to handle it. I mean, I think the toughest one is the first one to get. I mean, I don't know if, if Troy Aikman would say that or Joe Montana or whatever, but I, I think the first one is the toughest. Mm -hmm. And I think after this, I think he's – that's going to be the expectation for him. Now, I don't think that pressure is going to be too good because when he goes out there to play, he's just playing. He's not, I don't think he feels the pressure. So I, I think one of the reasons Andy is the perfect head coach for him, and, and there's a lot of reasons. I mean, he's great at developing quarterbacks. We've, we've seen that throughout his time here and obviously with Mahomes. But Andy, I think one of the reasons he's continued to be so successful late in his career and why I do think he could win another Super Bowl is he's shown that he is great at making adjustments and he's not married to one thing. I mean, I, I didn't cover uh, Andy in Philly. He was on his way out as I was on my way in, but I did cover Chip Kelly. And although I think Chip got a bad rap uh, overall, I mean, he, one of his downfalls was he was going to run his system and that was it. And which is crazy for such a smart football mind. I mean, he, he's clearly, he clearly knows football, but 
Andy, when you look at what he was in Philadelphia versus what he was in Can, but what he is now in Kansas City, he's made a lot of adjustments. He's willing to change what he does. He always looks. I mean, you saw in the Super Bowl they ran a play from I think it was the 1949 Rose Bowl, right? So right. he he's willing to look and run uh, run different offenses, and that's huge for Mahomes because although Mahomes can do it all. You often see a lot of times a quarterback go into a system that's just not right for him. He's got a stubborn head coach, and you can't succeed there. I mean, the most important thing for a quarterback in succeeding is where you land in that franchise. There are well, a few. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. no I'm, I'm listening. Um, the one thing I'd say, Ellie, is like if you go back to 2004 when mm-hmm. the Eagles went to the Super Bowl with Andy. I mean, that's the year that T.O. came. The, the offense was it was the one of the most exciting offenses on football. It was bombs away. He got you know, the best receiver in football in the offense and the offense all changed. Yep. And, you know, Miko Hardman is just getting started. I mean, what he could do with speed and chess pieces is as good as anybody. And so, you know, one thing about Andy is like, he is like, he's tireless. I don't know how he does it. Honestly. I mean, he still sleeps three or four hours a night. He doesn't require, I've asked him about it many times. He doesn't require a lot. He loves the game. He's always got a game on. He's always watching and learning. I don't think the one the good thing about great coaches has been that there is no finite playbook. The playbook always expands. It keeps changing. And I think when he when you get Patrick Mahomes and you get Tyreek and Kelsey and Micole and Sammy Watkins and you get these guys, I mean, he's just creating plays. And then, you know, somehow Damian Williams became an every down back. You know, and they were rotating backs for the whole time that Andy Reid was in Kansas City, sometimes because of injuries. But he didn't have any problem putting Shady McCoy, you know, inactive on Sunday. I mean, he can make the tough decisions, even though that was probably a tough emotional decision, and put the best players out there. And then create the offense around the players and who you're playing. And so well, and, the plays will never and, stop coming. And and that's another thing that I think he's really changed. Because when he was in Philadelphia early on in McNabb's career, Everyone, everyone was begging him to get more talent, right? And that's it's no shot at Todd Pinkston, James Thrash, and those guys. But when you mentioned it, once he got T.O., they went to the Super Bowl and they almost won it, and he changed his offense. In Kansas City, you've seen him surround, and, and part of that is obviously the front office as well, but you've seen Andy surround him with elite talent. I mean, Tyree Kill, uh, you know, Kelsey, all these guys, Kareem Hunt when he was there, like, even just keeping Ty- Tyreek Hill, and that's a certainly another debate for other reasons, but he he said, look, we need to have Tyreek Hill. And I think that's a major difference as well. If you're Mahomes, not only are you landing with an elite head coach that's willing to change his game plan, he'll make adjustments. And that's another reason I think they're, they're set up to win multiple Super Bowls because he will adjust as a league adjusts to him. But if you're Mahomes, you have a head coach that's going to adjust and surround you with talent, and then you combine that with the fact that Mahomes would probably be successful almost no matter where he went, I really do think, like, whenever teams win a Super Bowl, we always say, oh, they're going to win another one. But the reality is it's mostly just the Patriots have been able to do that. The Eagles haven't been back. The Rams didn't make the playoffs this year. The Panthers never went back. So the teams that lose or even win, you know, don't always make it back. I do think the Chiefs are actually the next team that in three or four years we could be talking about winning, you know, a total of three Super Bowls over over a five-year stretch. Well, I think, you know, a couple of things. One, most most of these quarterbacks seem to win it early, mm-hmm. early in their careers. And and from a lot of coaches, they win it early in their careers. You know, I mean, if you just go through, I mean, just pull out some names, you know, when they when they get there. I mean, so I think, you know, obviously Peyton was a little bit different there uh, in Denver that last year. But Russell Wilson won his early. Um, 
but you go Drew Brees kind of won his a little bit earlier than later. Yeah. I mean, I think, but you know, he's Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers won his early, and then you know they they wonder like how you can't get back, and you know, I mean, I think the I don't know how long this talent is going to last, but the talent is he's right in the prime. He's so good so early. We just haven't seen anything like it. And so mm-hmm. I, I just think that he's going to have the opportunity because you can see the difference. You can you can kind of be, I don't know, just sort of ordinary for three quarters and then just explode. And we've yeah. seen it so many times now where, you know, that Oakland game this year, he threw five touchdown passes in the second quarter. I mean, the, the fear that every defense will always have going up against him, and that's how defenses measure what they're going against is – Man, we got. To, we're not losing to this guy. I mean, you could just hear it from defenses. But against Mahomes, there's not a defense out there constructed that feel like they can just shut him down or contain him or limit him for four quarters. They're always going to be holding their breath, waiting for that third and fifteen and forty-four yard shot to Tyreek Hill. Like it, it's coming, no matter what's happened. Yeah, and look, next year I think the Chiefs will enter the season as Super Bowl favorites, and I'm sure the rest of the league is already terrified about having to def- continue to defend this Chiefs offense. I want to talk to you about the rest of the league and just mm-hmm. kind of get a, a quick big picture of where you see other teams at and who you see as Super Bowl contenders next year. But before we do, I got to tell you my favorite story, the one I love telling you every every week about Cafe Altura's COO Dylan Miskowitz and how he experienced some challenging hiring after uh, unsuccessfully searching for a director of coffee for his organic coffee company. But as you know, what he did then was he switched to ZipRecruiter and he saw an immediate difference. And you can too by signing up for free at ZipRecruiter.com enter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. And its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get a qualified candidate faster. In fact, after posting his job at ZipRecruiter, Dylan said he was amazed by how quickly great candidates were applying, and he found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. You can see why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes, and you can try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire in Baldy. Now that we know who the Super Bowl champ is for this year, it's, of course, already time to look ahead to next year. I think the Chiefs, as I mentioned, do go into Super Bowl favorites. 49ers, are, 49ers will certainly be there as well in terms of you know top five best odds and those type of things. But just real quick, when you look at, at the future uh, and you look at next year, what teams do you see as both the contenders and maybe a team or two that you think could surprise people next year, kind of like the Titans and to a certain degree, the Ravens did this year? Well, I think the Ravens, you know, are certainly going to be in the mix. I, mean, yeah. I don't think Lamar Jackson is going away. I think what we saw, the talent, the style, I mean, I think he's going to improve. I mean, I think he just wants to get better. I was around him at the Pro Bowl this year and he enjoyed, you know, the success and everything, but there was a bitterness in that whole staff about how things ended. And so I think the Ravens are built, um, you know, in a, in a really good way. And Eric DaCosta is really talented at, you know, whatever whatever it is that they need to improve that team, whether it's pass rush or whatever it might be. I mean, I think that that is a team that certainly uh, can contend. Um, I would like to see, you know, the Patriots are just, you know, this conundrum right now because, you know, you, you read all this news. And, like, I've never believed for a second that the Patriots would be better off without Tom Brady. Now, it may happen. But I don't, I don't understand why they would want that to happen. 
They don't have a succession plan. They don't have anybody with his ability in the building right now. And you could look at free agency and other quarterbacks out there. I just don't see anybody that would be able. I mean, to me, they should just build, like, give Tom Brady some, you know, some some weapons that the Chiefs have. And let's see what they look like. Because, you know, defensively, they're going to be really good. And, you know, they're well coached on that side of the ball. So I like to see what the Patriots end up doing. I, I don't believe it comes down to money. It doesn't make yeah. – I mean, Tom Brady has earned all of his money. So, to me, you might as well just play it out and go for it all one more time. But, you know, you lose a Hall of Fame tight end in Gronkowski. Um, you're down to your third center. I mean, just upgrade the talent around him and let's see him go compete. Yeah, I actually think the Patriots, assuming they have Brady back, and I think they will ultimately, but assuming he's back, I think they're going to be huge players in terms of both free agency and making moves for guys. Because if Brady does come back, I would imagine it's with the attitude of, okay, I'm going to come back here, but go get me an Amari Cooper. Or, you know, make a trade, um, you know, bring in Robbie Anderson. Go go trade for a receiver that's on the market. Because I do think if you're Brady – if you just surround him with better talent on offense, and look, he did take a step back next last year. There's no denying that. But if you surround him with talent on offense, I think he can still be good. And to a certain degree, I wonder if I'm Tom and I look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? And they have a ton of talent on that offense. They have a great offensive head coach. I don't think he wants to play for the Buccaneers, but I think Brady needs to look around now at this point and say, I need more talent around me than I used to. And I think the Patriots will be one of the teams to go out and do that. When you look at the NFC, and I actually want to pick your brain particularly on the NFC East um, for all our Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, and uh, Washington fans out there listening, who do you see as the favorite just real quick in there? Obviously, there was a report this week that they're going to franchise Dak, so it looks like he will be back. I'd be surprised if he wasn't overall, but what's your quick thoughts on the division uh, for next year? Well, I mean, I think it's still you know a two-team race with Philadelphia and with Dallas. I mean, Philadelphia has to get younger. They have to get younger yep. and faster, more athletic, period. And so, uh, you know, I, I, they, they made a run at it. I don't blame them, but they got older. They got older and they got slower. And, you know, we saw all the injuries. So you've got to put some elite talent around an elite speed, I think, around Carson, um, you know, at the receiver position. And that's not going to get to Sean Jackson and Alshon. I mean, it's just they just need better talent, uh, period. And I think they have to, you know, find – I've never seen a, you know, a secondary shuffle players the way the Eagles have shuffled corners. And yeah. I don't think they're going to keep Malcolm Jenkins. And, you know, maybe it's time to move on from Malcolm. I saw him at the Super Bowl and he doesn't know, but he's not going to take a pay cut. And so, and I don't blame him. I wouldn't either. He's given it everything he's got here and he's played great football, but they have to get faster and they need more speed. And so I want to see what the Eagles do in free agency in the draft in order to upgrade, because I think they have to upgrade if they want to really compete. And, you know, I got to see what Mike McCarthy does. I thought his offense was awfully stale at the end. I know he's coached Joe Montana and Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, and that's great. He's got a great resume. But I want to just see if that team, how they respond to him. I don't know how they're going to respond. We know that in the balance of games last year, you know, uh, against the Eagles, against the Patriots, uh, against the Vikings, um, you know, key games down the stretch, like they could not finish the game. They could not find a way to score. Now, maybe Mike McCarthy unlocks that mystery, and you know, and maybe they become a team that looks like they play to the the talent level that I think we they have. But I don't know how they're going to respond yet. Sometimes you know teams take it to new coach, and sometimes they don't. 
Yeah, so on Friday, Baldy, when we record next, maybe we'll take a division-division look by for next year. And obviously, we still have the draft and uh, free agency and all that. But just kind of say where we see each team and how we project next year. But, Baldy, I look forward to talking to you. We'll record next on Friday. So check your uh, check all the podcast app you use out there for the new episode. We'll be previewing next year. Baldy, uh, enjoyed talking about the Super Bowl with you, and I will talk to you in a few days. You got it, Elliot. Take care, buddy. Before we wrap up, I wanted to thank ZipRecruiter for being the uh, sponsor of the Prevent Defense podcast. And, of course, as I told you earlier on the pod about stories about Dylan Miskowitz and all the people they help, and one of the cool things about being partnered with ZipRecruiter is you do get to hear those stories. And I can tell you that it really is no surprise that with the way they do it, the way they help you find qualified, qualified candidates so quickly, it really isn't surprising that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter do get a quality candidate within the first day. And of course, I you know I tell you every week, you can really go for yourself and you can see why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes when you try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter, ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.